Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Good Friday evening, and we are live here at GSCSports.com. Huddle Up Podcast is here live, and you are listening in right here. Remember, go to NGSCSports.com, the homepage there for all the shows, all the written content, and much more. You can podcast all the shows on the NGSC Sports Radio Network by going to Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app. Search NGSC. You can also podcast our show on iTunes and Android. Search Huddle Up with Jim and Dave. You can check it out there. Or you can check it out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash huddleuppodcast. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. You can follow Dave at D. Gerhardt. That is G-E-R-H-A-R-T-0-2-4 on Twitter. Make sure you do that since it is a follow Friday, which we're not used to uh, being on the air on a Friday evening but uh, we have major league baseball to thank for that let's get dave here dave how's it going bud we're doing good jim uh friday can't be too bad uh it certainly can't um yeah major league baseball of course preempting our normal wednesday night live show but let's be honest uh if if we're going to be preempted uh i'll be fine being preempted by probably the most exciting baseball game i've ever watched I mean, it was it was an okay game, but <laughs> it, it takes a lot to get us off the air, and I, I definitely think that was worth it. So yeah, it was it was uh, a, same as you, but <laughs> yeah, it was a good call. Um, which we'll talk about that a little bit, and then get to uh, get a couple couple of different things in, in in the football world this week, a little bit different than our normal uh, game breakdowns. But uh, Dave, of course, I am happy this week because in the last week, uh, for I think only the second time all year. I've been able to say that both Notre Dame and my Cowboys won in the same weekend. So uh, it it was a good weekend for uh, for old Jimbo. Yeah, this don't happen too often for you, but uh, my, my Panthers won. So uh, it's, a, it's an exciting weekend as well. Uh, apparently, we can't beat anyone, but uh, we make Carson Palmer look like uh, Fitzpatrick throwing the ball. So I can't complain too much. Yeah, just another weird week uh, in the NFL. So uh, if you want to get any calls in, you can do that 
The number is, uh, I have the number written down here because it's not on my screen. 401-347-0613. Use PIN 29312. Again, that number, 401-347-0613. And then use PIN 29312. Um, Dave, let's look at uh, a little bit of this World Series. We're not going to get too crazy about baseball. We never do. Um, But... I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch every inning of the entire series. I watched every inning of uh, of Game Seven. It was it was absolutely uh, spectacular. I was like on the edge of my seat for for the entire night. What a crazy game uh, that it was. Um, this will this will tell you how exciting. At least the moment of you know the the story of the Cubs versus the Indians and and. and one city is going to celebrate a baseball championship for the first time in a very long time. Uh, my 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 wife hates baseball. Uh, she'll go to games like if we, if we go with a group of friends, uh, she will not watch the game. She will socialize. She just does not like baseball. Uh, we watched. We were watching the entire game. She went up to go to bed and she calls downstairs and says, "What channel's the game on?" Because she wanted to watch it at, like when she was laying in bed. So like that tells you right there. If you want to know how exciting this game seven was um that that pretty much sums it up right there if if my wife who um in the over eight years we've been together i think has watched um a grand total of like zero innings of baseball on tv with me prior to this yeah it was uh it was an absolute unbelievable game um i i mean i think i i was talking about with a couple of co-workers on i guess it was thursday when we were dead exhausted and uh, I, I don't know what that game didn't have aside from like the, the rarities like a no hitter or a triple play or anything along that. I mean, it, it had everything in it. Yeah, I mean, you have you know you had the 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 change of um, you know the Cubs were up and then they're tied and then you had the you you know the wild pitches the. Um, you know, you had obviously had stolen bases, you had bunts, you had, uh, you know, a pitcher that can't get off the mound because he can't throw the ball to first base. You had a rain delay. I mean, it, it, it was everything, a game tying home run in the eighth and probably like the most, uh, fun being a fan of neither team was the, the shot of the bar in Chicago when the when the Indians hit the game tying home run and just seeing this look of not again uh wipe over an entire packed bar in in the city of Chicago uh but uh of course the 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 Cubs came back uh to win with two runs in the 10th they survive uh the Cleveland in the bottom half of the 10th with one run to win 8 to 7 um you know, I have I have some close friends who uh, are are Cubs fans and lifelong Cubs fans, and I couldn't be happier for them because uh, if nothing else, as a sports fan, Dave, and, and I know as as a um, as a Capitals fan, as a Mariners fan, as an Orioles fan, you you can as a Panthers fan, like you can you can uh, I think agree with me on this one. It, it gives hopes to uh to us sports fans of teams that either haven't won in a long time or uh have never won uh their league championship so 
Uh, if the if the Cubs can do it, why not? Why not us? <laughs> That's a very true statement. I mean, it was. Uh, I, I think the game is one thing itself, and I'll touch on that in a couple of seconds. But I think seeing some of these reactions. Uh, as far as the old timer fans, I mean, I'm talking the, the grandpas that were just screaming on Facebook. Um, the guy that went to his father's grave to listen to the game. Just some of these stories coming out are just absolutely amazing. Um, it, it definitely tells you that some of, I mean, the, the, the Cubs fans are one of a kind. Uh, we, we, we've known that for a while. We went to a stadium tour in Wrigley. I don't even know how long ago, four or five years. Um, probably a little long, but something along those lines. Um, and and the, the passion that these fans had and these folks had, uh, it was just a regular season game, but it was it was a life and death for them on one game. Um, so it was pretty uh, pretty awesome for their fan base. It has a ton of loyal fans um, to get that win finally. But uh, a couple thoughts I'll throw out, and then I'll get your reaction on it. Um, one, I don't think I can say enough about Theo, what he did uh, with the Red Sox and – what he's done now. And the man's only, I think he's 45 or 48 or something like that. But uh, what he's done in a couple of years with two separate teams ending um, curses, just unbelievable. Um, I don't think you can give enough credit to him and he won't get enough credit on it, but uh, surely absolutely amazing job by him getting the players and sticking through the system. Um, the second thing that really caught my eye um, during this game, what the heck was major league baseball thinking with these umpires? I oh, mean, yeah. you have the botch call at second in the middle of the game, which I don't know that that call is made for a T-ball game that the guy is out, and they call it in the seventh game of the World Series. I mean, that is truly one of the worst calls that I think I have uh, seen on a baseball diamond in a long time. Um, literally, the ball hit his hand and went down. That was about the, that was about the extent of it. There was no attempt to even transfer it or anything along those lines. And then the, the home plate umpire strike zone, um, I had no issue with the strike zone being extremely tight. But then when all of a sudden you start calling pitches off the plate when you haven't called anything that was on the corner all night, um, that, that's a little interesting to say the least. Um, but I, I do applaud the home plate umpire. He called it extremely tight the first six innings or so where it had to be full ball over the plate in order for it to be a strike. But then all of a sudden everything loosened up uh, – a little bit more throughout the game, but uh, it was very interesting to see him have that tight of a strike zone. Um, the other thing that I thought was very interesting in this game, and it's something you don't see too much, is how a 17-minute rain delay really changed the outcome of the game in my eyes. You look at that 17 minutes, and it uh, completely took all the momentum out of the Indian sails and gave the, uh, the Cubs time to refocus and re-energize with that break. Um, they keep playing, and I'm, I don't want to say I'm fairly confident, but uh, you, you have to give the Indians a stark advantage there, just given the fact that they had all the momentum from coming back. So um, absolute awesome game without a doubt. Um, one of the, probably the top three games that I have seen all time on TV. Would have been amazing to have been there. Um, happy for all my Cubs fans that I know, of course. Uh, we met a diehard one on our honeymoon this past year, Jason out in uh, Indiana. So um, definitely sweet to see all the Cubs fans finally get their win, but uh, definitely a heck of an interesting game. I mean, how many times do you see two guys score on a wild pitch? Yeah, uh, just absolute. Uh, just just anything that that you can see in a baseball game, you saw uh, there in in Game Seven, and and this right here, looking at uh, now these are these are fast ratings, so they, they could uh, move a little bit, but forty million people watched game seven um that is 
almost, uh, you know, that is over double games one through four and just about double games five and six. Um, it is the most, it is the largest audience uh, for a baseball game since game seven in the 91 World Series. So uh, I think this is probably an, an anomaly. I don't think that you see this many people watching baseball games or the World Series next year uh, just because, you know, you, you're, you're never – you know, you, I I know you can never say never, but you're I'd be very hard pressed to ever find a situation where you have this type of storyline going into uh, any any sport, more or less. Uh, you know, into a, into a baseball game, it's just everything came together when you have two two teams that that have had so long since their last championship and. Um, you know, people kind of, you know, they, they fell in love with the Cubs. I think it was kind of, uh, you know, Cleveland against the world and, and the world won. Um, but, uh, no, just a fantastic, uh, a fantastic win, a uh, fantastic game to, uh, to Mark, uh, my, my friend and, and, uh, I've been, I've known him for a very long time and, uh, to Steve, who I work with huge Cubs fans, uh, I couldn't be happier, uh, for those guys for, for getting to, uh, experience, uh, you know, watching it. And I think, uh, I think Steve may have, cause he's, he grew up in Chicago and I think he, uh, actually flew out and, uh, was in the city today. So, uh, that had to be just an absolutely nuts environment. Seeing the video when they opened the gates of these people just storming the parade route was, uh, was nuts. You, you couldn't have paid me to get into that crowd. <laughs> I'll tell you that much, man. Uh, I, I saw online somewhere, and again, it's online, so who knows how true it is, but I heard, saw somewhere that was the seventh largest gathering of people across the world in history for a Cubs parade. So who knows how true it is or not, but that's just... I, I wouldn't too, doubt it. Um, yeah. I think it, they, they were estimating... They were estimating somewhere in the, like, I think, six to seven million ballpark. Like, that that's crazy. That's freaking crazy. That would be... The, the city of Chicago is going to be drunk for the next month or two. Oh yeah, I saw a tweet. I I, I don't remember uh, who it was from just a little while ago, and it uh, it said, "Still in shock, rewatching the game now. Haven't slept in days. Will probably pass out. Wake up and pinch myself. Still doesn't feel real. Something like that." Um, yeah, it's just unbelievable the the amount of close calls and random stuff. And I mean, I think every Every true sports fan watching that game when uh, when that home run was hit in the eighth inning was thinking, "Oh God, here we go, Cubs! Here, we, we know how right. this is. We don't even need to watch the rest. We know what's going to happen here." Right when 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 Cleveland started coming back, the you know the wild pitch they scored two, um, and you know they, they're they're climbing back in it. It's getting close, you know. And then you had you know Chicago come back out and and they hit another home run and they get. And it's like there's everything is going for them tonight. And then when they came back and got it, uh, got it tied uh, and going into the ninth, I was like, "There's no way Chicago can win this thing." Like it was, it was that quick. It just felt there's there's no way they win. This is just the world. The world is against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it, but it this team is never meant to win another World Series. And I, I agree with you, David. Your your point about the rain delay, uh, I think that took a lot of energy out of the Cleveland Indians, uh, and and it was a chance for the Cubs 
to kind of hit the reset button from what had just happened and said, look, there, this is a fresh game. It is a one-inning game now. And, you know, they, they went out and they did it. They got, they won the inning. They won the World Series. It, it, it was, it was, it was incredible. Definitely. Just, uh, just want to throw in a couple, two, one more tidbit because I forgot the second one I was going to say at the moment, but maybe it'll come back to me. But um, first thing I want to comment on, we, we, we are so hard on people nowadays. How refreshing was it to watch the World Series and listen to John Smoltz in the booth? That man knows baseball, and we need more commentators like that and announcers like that because that was absolutely phenomenal to listen to, just the insights that he gave from a former top-tier player perspective. It was just absolutely amazing to listen to. Um, other thing I thought of then is I, I think it's uh, – I think the Cubs really bailed out. I know everyone has been hard on Joe Madden, but uh, he was absolutely awful in the last game and a half or so of that World Series. Um, I think it goes without saying, but uh, he, he almost cost the Cubs a World Series, and I'm still not convinced that if they would have been patient in the, the ninth inning when Chapman was throwing nothing but sliders, that they wouldn't have uh, done some damage as well, but they got extremely jumpy on some pitches. But uh, he was absolutely atrocious in managing the game and managing his players there. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of extremely questionable calls that he made, but Hey, worked out at the end and he's got the world series trophy. So the, the, the players bailed him out, but this is going to be a Cubs team. that's good for five to 10 years now. Yeah. I mean, people and, and rightfully so hard, hard on Madden. I, I, I did chuckle though. I did. I saw a couple people that, you know, in the, in the eighth inning were like, Madden needs to be fired right now. And I'm like, okay, let's tap the brakes. You're in game seven of the World Series. Like, I understand he's made some boneheaded managerial decisions. But that man should not be anywhere close to the firing line. But if he is, send him to Baltimore. <laughs> um, but uh, John Smoltz, no. Smoltz, Smoltz was great. Um you know, a lot of, I know a lot of people, you know, get on Joe Buck. I've ne- I don't know what the problem is with Joe Buck. I've never had uh, a problem with Joe Buck or his commentary, so I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm in the minority. I'm pretty sure I am in the minority is what I should say. But uh, I'm not a fan of him, but, uh, I, I mean, I I am a huge fan of John Smoltz. He got me real quick with the way he was talking baseball and the situational stuff and um, everything else, so – um, I, I, I mean, I, can you imagine if we had a guy that talked football to announce the way that uh, Smolty was announcing baseball? That would just be phenomenal. But instead we got this uh, banged-up Dallas Cowboys quarterback that's uh, trying to talk football and is absolutely terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, when you get your brain scrambled a thousand times in your playing career, it's harder to, uh, to, you know, to come up, find the words to say. No, I think commentary in the NFL is, is absolutely brutal. Uh, I agree with that. But, I mean, he, he's better than Collinsworth, so I think we can agree oh, on that. There's one. not a lot worse than Collinsworth, to be honest. But uh, Dave, any any more thoughts from the World Series before we transition here to uh, to football? No, I think we're good. Uh, I mean, we got the whole uh, what four full months until uh, baseball's back and spring training is concluding at this point in four months. Maybe it's five months. I can't do math. It's Friday, so. Um, but uh, definitely, definitely excited to focus on some football and some hockey. Uh, I got to throw it in because I just saw it on the uh, the bottom line on ESPN. But the uh, the Blue Jackets beat the Canadians tonight, ten to nothing. Yeah, I also just see a hockey score that has ten goals. I saw that scrolling apart, uh, scrolling uh, across my Twitter, and I was like, wow. Um, not only was it ten 
you know, 10 goals scored on one side, but nothing on the other side. Like a, a lot of times when you, you know, when you see a high scoring affair on one side, it's, it's usually matched. I, mean, I think one night I was at a, a Bears game and it was, you know, 11 to 6 or something like that. So uh, usually it's not completely one sided like that. Pretty, uh, Pretty crazy uh, to see that, but yeah, you, yeah. A few months off of baseball, you get hockey, you get uh, the NFL and college football getting into their absolute best times of the year. So we, um, you know, we're, we're we're getting into it. And the first college football playoff rankings are out, Dave. And rounding out the top four, you have Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, Texas A and M, uh, which I think is the one that I think most people uh, looked at and went, huh. Uh, you had uh, Washington at five, Ohio State six, Louisville seven, Wisconsin eight, Auburn nine, Nebraska ten, and then one that I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about is Penn State comes in at number twelve. Uh, in the in the other polls, the AP and the coaches poll, which I don't understand why those even still exist anymore. In the once the college football playoff rankings are out, but in the other one, the in the uh, coaches poll, Penn State is 23rd in the AP poll Penn State is 20th and in the college football playoff rankings they are 12th so Dave where do you want to start uh discussing the college football playoff rankings I'd like to give my opinion on it to begin with before we start ranking if we can okay so my my perspective on the college football playoff rankings and again, this is the Dave point of view. So take that into consideration and keep your mouth shut, Jim. Um, but my <laughs> my perspective on this is it's a business. They have this huge unveiling show, on, on you know, new ranking show every week. The the rankings have to have some volatility in them so that they create interest every week. That's the first thing that you have to keep in mind. The second thing that you have to keep in mind, in my opinion is the college football ranking committee clearly values how you're playing right now. They don't care what you did five games ago. Um, so with that being said, my opinion, again, um, I, I think that they overrank Penn State. I, won't, I don't think they're as nearly as good as they were ranked. But if you look, if you look with that opinion that they're taking the last five games into consideration, or you know, roughly five games. I I think that they are a little better than what the other polls indicate, but they also haven't played anyone. Um, so if you, you ask me, and I, I don't have anything in front of me or anything like that, uh, power ranking wise or anything like that. But P Penn State is a 15 to 20 team in the country in my eyes at this point in the time. Um, I saw on Twitter this 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 morning that uh, one of the the uh, Vegas odds makers out in the, out west at uh, one of the books out there. I think it was uh, Chris Andrews at South Point. Um, he said that if Western Michigan is an undefeated team in the MAC or to play Penn State on a neutral field, uh, that the line would be under three points. Wow. So that, that tells you right there that both teams are pretty solid and pretty respected. As far as uh, Texas A&M being fourth in the ranking, I don't have a huge issue with it. Uh, it, it. This is another thing that the rankings don't matter at this point per se. Um, the, the, the thing that this, this goes on to my first theory, though, that they have to create something that people are going to watch every week. So by putting Texas A&M fourth, uh, everyone in there, everyone thought that Washington was going to be fourth, and everyone thought that Michigan was going to be two, Clemson was going to be three. If you listen to all the experts, so by doing this and shaking it up a little bit, they're going to have they they have you hooked 
that you're going to watch the show next week and, ooh, what's the committee going to do now? When realistically, the, the, the rankings have some matter, but until you get to the last week or two before they actually matter and before the conference championships, these rankings really don't matter much more than the other polls. So it's just another opinion and um, spitting stuff out. But uh, my, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, and then we can actually talk teams. If you want to follow up on any of that or if you want to go into the teams, go for it. Uh, no, I, I mean, it, it is. It, it is a TV show. It is a weekly TV show that is produced by ESPN and, you know, and, and co-signed probably by the SEC network. Um, so, yes, you, you have to create some sort of controversy there. Uh I, I did notice in your uh, in your discussion there, you you pointed out that the uh, that the experts had the rankings going uh, Bama, Michigan, Clemson, Washington. Uh, that's what I had as my top four. So for the well, record, it's not hard to copy someone that actually knows. Football. For for the record, Dave did call me an expert um, just based on what he said. Um, in, in terms, congratulations, you can copy and paste. <laughs> uh, in terms of. Uh, Penn State. I mean, yes, they had an impressive win over Ohio State, twenty four twenty one, two weeks ago. Uh, I and it, I mean, it was in Happy Valley. It was you know kind of rainy. It, it I think it played into Penn State's hand. Ohio State, I think, had been kind of flirting with disaster for a few weeks. Um, everything came together on that night in in Happy Valley. This is what I'll say about Penn State and 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 m- what I think about Penn State. You play that game nine more times, I think Ohio State wins at least seven of the nine. Um, I, I think Penn State did everything right that they had to do. Um, they made a couple mistakes. Ohio State couldn't capitalize. Okay, um, This past week, Penn State destroyed a terrible Purdue team, so I think that helped them when you when you're winning a game by about 40 points. That helps in people's eyes as well. Um, you get you get blown away by Michigan. You lose a close one to Pitt. Um, you win a close one versus Minnesota. You win. They they only beat Temple by seven. I, I don't think Penn State's that good. You know, based on record, based on the win that they had against Ohio State. Yes, they are a somewhere in the you know fifteen to twenty five range. Throw a dart, figure it out. Um, and the, the other thing I'll add on this, Jim, and I, I don't know if you have the standings up in front of you or not, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the standings here. I guess the rankings they are not standing. Sorry about that. But, uh, I mean, I, lo- I look at 13 LSU. LSU's better than Penn State. 14 Oklahoma, better than Penn State. Um, 15 Colorado, probably Penn State's level, roughly. Um, the only other team below them that I think is better than Penn State would probably be number 16 Utah. So you, you move them down three spots, they're right in the 15 hole. I mean, I don't – Yeah. To, to me, I look at this and I say Penn State, um, Colorado, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Vatech, all those teams, they're pretty they're pretty comparable and they're, they're, they're pretty identical to Penn State. Yeah, they're um, – you, you, you don't know what you're going to get week to week. Right. No, I agree. And, and I think that's the same boat as Penn State. Uh, you can call me a conspiracy theorist. You can call me – um, you know, you, you can, you can use any number of adjectives to describe me, but this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the big 10 standings. Now you have Michigan five and zero in the conference, eight and zero overall, Ohio state four and one in the conference, seven and one overall Penn state four. And one. I know you were going to go to this. Penn state four and one in conference six and two overall. Of course, Penn state has the 
tiebreaker over Ohio State. So let's just imagine that we we fast forward a couple of weeks. Penn State still only has one conference loss. Ohio State only has one conference loss. And um, Michigan is is still undefeated. Ohio State, you know, if they if they beat Michigan, um, then you have a three way tie with one conference loss. And I believe, if I'm correct here, wouldn't that put Penn State uh, in the in the conference title game? Uh, I don't know how the Big Ten tiebreaker works because Penn State's Big Ten loss is to Michigan, and Michigan would be the one that it'll be a giant trio cluster. Oh yeah, I um, guess it sure would. They're, they're, so it would need. I, I don't know what their tiebreaker is, but if Michigan stumbled before or after Penn State, I mean, it's not that unrealistic that Penn State's your Big Ten representative, and I think they're. I think you hit the nail on the head, though. That there, there's some positioning here. I, I think, yeah, I think. Sure the, I think there's a contingency plan, and because there is representatives from every conference, so I'm not saying that this is entire like, you know, uh, this is a money play or, or or something like that. Or, but you know, you 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 sit people in a room and, and they are trying to come up with a top twenty five based, you know, based on on human discussion and where do people put it out. So if you have a guy in there that's making a strong case for Penn State because, you know, if he's the Big Ten representative and he's making this case and people start to kind of go, oh, I think he's got a point, and just kind of laying out the pieces saying, look, we beat Ohio State and, you know, Penn State, they, you know, they had a big win this past week and all signs seem to, you know, seem to be them moving forward and getting better each week. If people start believing it, they're going to put them there. So part of me just thinks this is this is a posturing play by the, by the Big Ten um, as a contingency plan if – Ohio State and Michigan, you know, stumble. In Michigan, I think, would have to lose twice. Um, you know, once before Ohio State, and then if they lose to Ohio State, then as long as Penn State wins out, they would be the representative. Here's the deal. I don't see Michigan losing twice. I'm hard-pressed to think that Michigan loses at all, but that'll be – we'll get to that as we get into pick-ems. Um, but – that is probably the most glaring one at, at, at Penn State at 12, but it gets people talking, obviously. Uh, in terms of Texas A&M being four, um, I, I, I do think Washington is a better team, but again, you're looking at – this is the first week of November. There's an entire month of football to be played left, and um, as much as I think Michigan should be the number two team in this, in this ranking, like I said, my top four – um, you can give yours then, Dave. My top four, Bama, Michigan, Clemson, Washington. Um, it seems the most obvious, the most easy, the most cut and paste, whatever you want to call it. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, because I, I know my wife, Michigan fan, she, she's like, Michigan should be number two. I'm like, they, I think they should be. But if this if this were the way that the, the if we if this was the last week, ultimately two and three doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As long as you're not number one or number four, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be number four to, to go in and play Alabama in the first week, I don't think. Um, but if you, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're two and three, what does it really matter? You're playing on a neutral site. It's not, it's not hosted by Clemson. If these games were, you know, played at the home stadium of the higher ranked team, then yes, obviously that would be a bigger deal, but it's not. Uh, so two and three doesn't really matter. Bam is the easy number one. You know, I mean, because of the way, you know, the way the standings break down, I think Bama would end up playing. I know Bama and A&M are in the 
same division, so they would not play in the conference chance. So, so really, A&M could benefit from this the most because sometimes you see some wacky things happen in the SEC championship. So if Bama can just hang on, or if Alabama, if A&M can just hang on to where they are at, then, you know, maybe they can just hope Alabama trips and uh, A&M would uh, get in kind of by default there because they don't have to play in the conference championship game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off that a little bit. Um, my rankings are a little bit different than yours, of course, because I can't agree. Um, I'm Bama 1, Clemson 2, Michigan 3, and Ohio State 4. Um, Ohio State, uh, the, the only difference to me in Ohio State and Washington is I think Ohio State has won on the road and beat Oklahoma. To me, these rankings are garbage at this point. They really don't matter. Um, I'm just throwing games out there. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this transitions and how this goes. Um, Washington's undefeated, but I also think the Pac-12 is or Pac-10 or whatever the hell it is right now is very weak this year. So um, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how things transpire. Um, I, I, I want to get your opinion on something, though, Big Jim. A, I want to know of the one-loss teams that are out there, um, just looking at the, the rankings here, Texas A&M 4, Ohio State 6, Louisville 7, Nebraska 10, Florida 11, and Baylor 17. I'm not even going to include the rest of them, but who has the best chance at getting into uh, the number four, number three spot should they open up? For me, I think it's Ohio State. Ohio State beats Michigan, they're in. Assuming right. they win the Big Ten championship game. Uh, potentially, even if they lose, they could be in, depending who they play. Um, but I think Ohio State wins out, they're in. I think Clemson wins out, they're in. Michigan wins out, they're in. Alabama wins out, they're in. Washington wins out, I don't know. Um, if it comes down to an undefeated Washington team and a Louisville team that has one loss, I almost think Louisville might be the better team. I mean, their only loss was on the road in, in Clemson. Uh, so it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how the uh, – how the, the, the rankings end up, and I, I think it'll be very interesting uh, to see how the Louisville team goes if Lamar Jackson keeps producing the way he is because they're going to want to get him on a primetime bowl spot, like given the, the ratings. you got to remember it's all a business, too. Right. So, Jim, first question, first question the, uh, the one-loss teams, who do you like and why? Um, Ohio State would be the guarantee because – if they finish one loss, that means they they have beaten Michigan and they would have won the Big Ten championship. So that one's easy. Uh, that is the that is the absolute number one uh, highest probability of a one loss one loss team getting in. Um, okay, I got the I got the tougher one for you then because I don't want to listen to you blabber on. I can do that and it's awesome because I just shut you up. Go um, ahead. Number two question. A two-plus loss team at the moment. Who's your pick and why? A two-plus loss team that could get in? So a non-undefeated or non-one-loss team. Who's your pick? Ooh. Um, see, it's hard without really looking at, at schedules. Um, I think Wisconsin's probably out. Because, because they're currently third in their division in the Big Ten. I guess is that hard to believe? Guess based on losses. 
Um, you know, just looking at it again, this is without really looking at schedules, things like that. Um, Auburn, maybe LS, see LSU is really far down there. The scary thing is based on this first ranking. And again, it's, we're, we're a month away from this actually meaning anything, but the scary thing is like, if I had to pick a, a two loss team, at this point, that, that that could crack into the top four, I might pick that Penn State team, um, just just because of, of the 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 way I think the whole thing's setting up, because of uh, their you know their for them to get in, I mean it would take a lot, it would take some absolute chaos, but because of who they beat, the nature of how it would have to get to the point where they were even in that conversation would be two losses by Michigan, uh, and then you have the tiebreaker over over Ohio State team that would probably have beaten um, Michigan. It, it, it would kind of have to be Penn, Penn State, which is just absolutely just – like I say that and I just feel like this uh, – you know, I feel like I'm going to vomit a little bit uh, <laughs> as those words come out of my mouth. Um, the, the only thing I'll say to you, Dave, about the, the, the Louisville thing to what you were saying – is they can't afford to have the little hiccup like they did this past week um, in, in terms of them getting in over a Washington team because um, I don't think Louisville wouldn't be in the ACC championship game, correct? Like, I think they wouldn't the, – if, if I'm looking at this correctly. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Like, they would not be in the ACC championship without a Clemson loss. Uh, and if Clemson loses, then their loss – looks worse you know not doesn't look bad but you know that it doesn't help them um so they're not gonna they're not gonna have the conference championship Washington would have to win the Pac-12 championship game which is an extra game a week later and it was like you said and you hit the nail right on the head with it this committee cares about what you've done most recently so the, the the teams that don't have a conference championship it are it, those are the ones that are going to get hurt the most because they will they can get forgotten they can just kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit so Louisville would have a huge uphill climb. Do you Definitely, have? I uh, just want to throw a couple things on that, uh, kind of following up on my own questions. Since I, I was going to say, do you have a two loss team? I, I do, of course. The, the first comment I want to make prior to answering my own question is: Did you ever think at the beginning of the year? when these college football playoff rankings were released, that the highest Big 12 team would be Oklahoma at 14. Not even I never not thought I would close. see them rank that no. well. So my two-loss team is LSU Tigers. Uh, kind of a preview to our uh, picks that are coming up later. Uh, but uh, if you can connect the dots there, Jim, if not, I'll catch you in like 15 minutes and I'll let you know what's really going to happen. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, my my pick would be the LSU Tigers um, with the second with the second backup pick to Auburn. Kind of the same picks as you. Um, I think if either of these two teams run the table, I think they're in the college football playoffs. That's an extremely bold statement. But think about it here: if LSU runs the table, and I don't have schedules in front of me, but I don't think they've played Texas A&M yet. Uh, so they would beat both Alabama at number one. And they would beat Texas A&M at number four, and that would probably—I think—that puts them in the title game for the SEC. So 
So they would be a two-loss team SEC champion, assuming they beat Florida coming out of the other side. But either one of these two teams running the table would beat both, would beat at least Alabama. Right. And they would be the SEC t- champion. What do you do if Auburn, I don't know who Auburn plays left, but if they beat, uh, if they beat Alabama and they're the SEC champion, what do you do if Alabama has one loss and Auburn has two? Oh. I think you have to put Auburn in because they're the champion. But can you imagine that? that yeah, Auburn. Auburn has Auburn has Vanderbilt, Georgia. Uh, what is A A M U? Alabama A and M, and then they have Alabama. And and the Alabama game is at Alabama. Yeah. So I mean, if, if Auburn wins out, I'll make a very strong case that they're in the the, the title game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but uh, I, I really think the case is there for A&M, or uh, LSU because they play A&M in their last game of the year in Texas A&M. So I think if, if LSU happens to win out, I think you're you're looking at them in the college football playoff. So I, it'll be uh, it'll be extremely interesting to watch I mean, and to see how these. Yeah, I mean, four out of their last five games are against teams that are currently 11th or better. Because you have this week, you have Alabama. Then you have Arkansas. Um, what is uh, what is that? South Alabama. Yes, you have the South Alabama Jaguars. So I see USA, and I'm like, what is that? Sort of some sort of American All Star team? No, South Alabama. You have Arkansas, South Alabama, and then uh, the Florida Gators. And then you're at A and M. If you can get through that, by all means, go to the college football playoff. With yeah, an, with I mean, an I, interim I think, coach, I, I for God's sake. Likely, yeah, that's exactly it. I don't think it's likely that they get through, but uh, they're, they're definitely my pick there. Um, so I, I'll, uh, I'll throw it over to you for any uh, final college thoughts at the moment prior to going into our, our football pool and our football results here. Yeah, Washington has the easiest road to undefeated, I think, because they have Cal, USC, Arizona State, and Washington State. So, um and then, of course, the Pac-12 championship, which it, I don't think is going to be that that hard of a win. I think I think Washington is probably the most definite team to go and be undefeated just because of, of competition. Um, A&M, uh, fairly easy schedule until you hit that last game uh, of the season before conference championship weekend uh, against LSU. Michigan has Maryland, Iowa, Indiana, and Ohio State left uh the only two away games are at Iowa and at Ohio State so um you know the, the, for Michigan I think it's going to be set up they should be undefeated going into that uh matchup against the Buckeyes for Clemson you have Syracuse Pitt uh Wake Forest and South Carolina prior to an ACC championship so that's that's a fairly easy road I think only they can beat themselves Alabama I mean the, the, Alabama has two tough games left this weekend at LSU, uh, then then Mississippi State and Chattanooga, and then you finish the year against Auburn. So uh, there there's opportunities for hiccups there uh, for some of these big teams. Uh, let, let, I mean, r- realistically, you know, we sit here, we talk about this. It's, it's, it's a fun discussion. I like discussing the the, the playoff rankings, but things are going to get weird in the next four or five weeks. <laughs> like, let's be honest. By the by the time we're talking a month from now, things are going to get get going to get real silly. For, for a few teams because that's just the way college football works. You think things are going to go smoothly. You think things are going 
uh, you know, this looks easy. This looks easy. I, I said Washington has the easiest road to undefeated, so they probably lose this week. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, Definitely. Uh, <laughs> a good segue over the football picks here since I, I picked three of the top ten to lose correctly last week. Um, patting myself on the back, probably going to hurt myself. But uh, last week's records, I was 13 and, 13 and 4. You were 10 and 7. I picked up an additional three games on your big guy. <laughs> Um, year-to-date records, um, 134 and 34. Uh, you're 14 games behind. Oh, that's not good. and 48. So those are our year-to-date records, but I have some good news for you in the, uh, in the uh, immediate uh, news, if I can. Okay. You're 3-0. and You have not lost yet this week in, fo- in college football. Damn right. But I haven't either, so you didn't pick up any ground. Ah. Well, I got to hold on to it. Whatever straw I can grab, I got to hold on to it. That's exactly it. So, uh, first game, and uh, good thing we're on the, 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 the clock at the moment. Uh, San Jose State pays a visit to Boise State tonight. I believe the game kicks in about 15 minutes. So, uh, I'm going Boise State, 31-point uh, favorites. I assume you're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, that one's pretty easy. All right, uh, next game we have number four, Texas A&M, traveling to Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State's currently about 12-point underdogs. Um, I, I like this spot for the Bulldogs catching the points, but uh, with, with the, the added uh, being ranked number four, I just don't see Texas A&M slipping up, but I think this is going to be a heck of an SEC battle here. So I'm taking Texas A&M. Yeah, I like A&M. We're not going to cover the, uh, the Irish and the midshipmen at 11.30 tomorrow morning? We're not gonna. Hey, I'm uh, I'm working on the top twenty-five here, not the top hundred. Hey, my Irish have a chance to have back-to-back wins. Damn it! I don't know if they can hey, do they're, it. They're fi- I don't know if they can do it. They're favored by six. They're favored by six. Yeah. Uh, that's that's scary. I don't know well, how that happened. Point. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, they can only set me up for failure now. No, uh, Texas A&M. Exactly it, it. It's it's gonna be a, it should be a good game, but I I think A&M wins this one. Definitely. Uh, probably the best early game that we have tomorrow. Um, then next, we traveled to Vandy at number nine, Auburn. 26-point uh, favorite Tigers, uh, assuming we're, the dazzling duo is on the Tigers again. Yes, yes. That's pretty easy. Uh, number seven, Louisville at Boston College. Uh, assuming we're both going to be on Louisville. Yeah, Boston College can be an, it can be an interesting place to play for teams for, for some reason, but I don't think Louisville trips up, and I don't think they lose. They might they might struggle, they but they scare. don't lose. Yeah, I think they got their scare last week, so hopefully that's uh, out of their system since we picked them. Um, moving over to the Big Ten here, uh, we have number eight, Wisconsin, uh, traveling to Northwestern here. Um, they had a, a nice win against uh, – overtime win against Nebraska last week. The line sits at about uh, seven, six and a half, seven at the moment, uh, with Wisconsin being favored. Um, I, I like, uh, I like Wisconsin, but this line's a little fishy. It seems a little low to me. Uh, so I, I would grab the points here with Northwestern if I was, uh, was doing that type of thing. But, uh, I, I would definitely, uh, I definitely think the Badgers get this done somehow. Northwestern kind of made it interesting, at least a little bit last week. Uh, didn't they against, uh, yeah, it was 24, 20 against Ohio state. Um, this is one I almost I almost want to pick Northwestern because I'm, I'm kind of getting to that point where uh, I need to make up ground. <laughs> but man, I just think Wisconsin in a, in a in a small small way is still alive. So I think that 
glimmer of hope for them uh, in in the playoff is going to give them enough to win. But I think this one's going to come down to to a, a a a play late, a decisive play late in this game. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I think uh, I think Northwestern live here. Um, ne- next game we go to the run happy Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets at the number 21 North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, Tar Heels are favored by about 10. This is another one I think is a close game, but uh, I, I think the home favorite gets it done in the end here, and the uh, Tar Heels prevail. I like Georgia Tech in this one. I think they, they run a, a similar offense, uh, if I'm correct, to uh, what Navy does, and, and a lot of teams are going to be hard to defend. So I think Georgia Tech's going to go in and get the upset. I think that's a good pick. Potentially, we'll see, though. Um, Maryland travels to number three, Michigan, uh, 30 and a half point favorites. Uh, Did you say 30? Three, zero. Jesus. Michigan wins. Don't forget the half, though. Don't forget the half. 30 and a half. God. And I'll, I'll you know what? Michigan wins. And, and as a bonus, if you, I don't know if you want to figure bonuses anywhere, but I'll take the over. Well, the over the given was Michigan this year. Why don't we just uh, why don't we just make a more outstanding wager and say that Notre Dame's going to lose this week? It's a given. No, Notre Dame wins this week. They get they get the back to back wins. Moving moving on, uh, Syracuse at number two Clemson. Assuming we're both taking Clemson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clemson's twenty seven point favorites. Uh, I, I think this is going to be an interesting game because Syracuse likes to run the up tempo. Uh, I I would not be shocked if Syracuse keeps this one close, but. Uh, I, I, it is a classic letdown spot for Clemson here uh, after the big win last week, which was correctly predicted by yours truly. Uh-huh. But, uh, well, I'm taking Clemson. Yeah, Clemson. Uh, next, we have number 19, Virginia Tech at Duke. Ten and a half point favorites are uh, number 19, Virginia Tech. Uh, this is one that's interesting because it's an in-conference game and rivalry schools. Uh I'm taking Virginia Tech, but I'm not confident in this one at all. I'm going to take because it's at Duke. I'm going to take Duke. Um, I, I think they. I think and and you know you can call me crazy. You can say it's because of the they beat Notre Dame, but um, I think Duke is better than the three and five that that, that they're showing right now. So I'm going to take Duke to get a pretty to get a uh, upset win here. Perfect. Uh, number number eighteen, Oklahoma State travels to Kansas State. Um, I'm taking Oklahoma State to lose to Kansas State after they uh, they had the big win last weekend. Uh, I think this is a letdown spot for them, and I think uh, Kansas State's going to pounce all over them at home. Yeah, I like Kansas State too. That's a that's a good environment for them. They they I think they always play better, much better at home than they do on the road. So I like them at home here. Excellent pick. Uh, both guys going against number 18 on the road. Uh, next game, we have TCU at number 17, Baylor. Um, I, I discussed it over and over last week how I wasn't sold on this Baylor team, and uh, I, I was correct on that. Uh, I'm still not sold at them, but I really do not like this Horn Frog team. And, yes, I just want to say Horn Frog on the air. So um, <laughs> I, I am going with I'm going with the Baylor Bears, but this is a game that I could care less about. Both teams are irrelevant. Yeah, Baylor. I think Baylor will recover from the loss, but uh, they're they're not they're not a very good team despite being six and one. But yes, TCU, the Horned Frogs, are terrible. <laughs> Doesn't it feel great saying Horned Frogs on the air? It does. I like saying Horned Frogs on the air. Good. Number eleven, Florida Gators at Arkansas. Uh, interestingly enough, Arkansas is four point. 
underdogs in this game. Uh, it seems a little short to me, so you got to feel like Arkansas covers on uh, covers this number somehow. Um, whether they can get the straight up win or not, that's a, that's a whole other question. Uh, I would not be at all shocked to see Florida go down here. But the thing that's interesting to me, and I, I, I meant to touch on this during the rankings, Jim, but can you imagine what happens if mayhem happens in the SEC and Florida loses before the SEC championship game? They have no one on their side. And if they lose, that SEC championship game is going to be absolutely meaningless right. other than to put a championship next to the other team's name. Right. Uh, Florida is going to be so weak in the rankings. Uh, you might have an SEC championship game that Florida's in the 20s in all reality. Uh, I, I think they win this week somehow, but uh, I, I don't have much confidence in this Florida team. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas... I mean, sitting at five and three, but but they're they're at home. Can they pull off the upset? I I'm not confident. I'm not confident either way. Um, I'm gonna go with Florida just because. Again, uh, I'm just giving the, the, this glimmer of hope uh, that that could possibly still be alive in in the slightest way for them for the reason that they pull off a win. But again, I I don't I don't have I don't have confidence either way in this game. This is another. This is an ugly slate of games. I don't think I've mentioned it yet. Yeah, it's not. It's not pretty. Places, I mean, the, the evening games are going to be rocking, but until then, there's nothing else. Uh, Arizona's at Washington State. Washington State, seventeen point favorites. Uh, I, I'm on Washington State. Yeah, I think the Rich Rodriguez experiment in Arizona is coming to a to a a wagon on fire uh, ending. There, there are no wheels left on the wagon. No, they uh, fell off. On to another barn burner program here, uh, Kansas at number 20, West Virginia. Um, West Virginia is favored by 34 and a half. Uh, I'm just going to pencil this in for those. Big sure. Games. Yeah. Yeah. That, that works. Number 22, Florida state at NC state. Uh, NC state is plus six. Um, catching six points at home at the moment. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, this is one of those games that all depends on how you feel about Florida State. You like them, they cover this number easily. You're not high on them this year, they don't cover the number, and they struggle to win. Um, I'm taking Florida State. I think that quarterback's really tough. Uh, The offensive line's gotten blown up in the media for not protecting him. Uh, I can't think of his name at the moment, but uh, they're going to bounce back, and uh, they're going to win this week. Yeah, I don't don't really like Florida State. I'm going to pick them to win. Um... There's not a there's not a hurricane to to even the playing field uh, in North Carolina State this week, so uh, I'll pick Florida State, but I'm not I'm not confident with it. <laughs> Definitely, and uh, next game we have here we have uh, Iowa traveling to number twelve Penn State. Did you hear that number twelve Penn State? <laughs> uh, Sorry, Iowa. Iowa is one of these teams that historically has always given Penn State fits. Yeah. Um, I was up at the Penn State, the Penn State Maryland game, and I, 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 for the life of me, cannot understand how Penn State has won this much because the team that we saw then could not stop the run. Uh, Iowa has historically been pretty decent at running the ball, and I think they're pretty good at it again this year. Um, this is one of those games that I would not be shocked in the least to see Iowa come out and win this game. Uh, Penn State's currently favored by about six and a half. Uh, I'm going with home Penn State. It's a night game. Uh, I'm going to pick Penn State, but uh, there is this is another one of these uh, pr- pretty similar to the uh, a couple of the other games here that I just have absolutely no confidence in. But uh, I'm going to go with the home ranked team at night and hope that there's some magic at uh, Beaver Stadium again. 
Look, you can call me evil. You can call me a hater. You can call me whatever you want. I'm going Hawkeyes. I can't wait to see Iowa just just ruin all the hopes of the Nittany Lion faithful. Um, you know, because because already you know, I'm, I, I'm I am tired already of seeing the well. If we do this and if this happens and if this happens, we're going to be in the playoff and we're going to prove you're not going to prove anything. You're going to prove this week that you shouldn't have been number twelve to begin with. Iowa wins and ruins Penn State's year. Wow, you're a hateful man. I am. <laughs> number 10, Nebraska, at number 6, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State is 17-point favorite in a 6-versus-10 matchup. Uh, I'm taking Ohio State. Ohio State's going to kick the hell out of them. Ne- Nebraska, I think, is probably the, the the most overrated top 10 team this year. They really are. They're going to they're going to get well, they're trounced. They're number 10. Good, good call, Jim. The most overrated top ten team. Well, they're number ten. Well, we know another team that started the year number ten that didn't deserve to be there. So th- this one, this one's going to go the same route as that one. Excellent. I'm, I'm just going to move on to the next one. Number one, Alabama at I believe they are number twelve, LSU. I have thir- I have preview. thirteen on mine, but they're twelve, thirteen. I have thirteen. I I, I can't read my beer rating, so uh, <laughs> we're gonna go with twelve and a half. We'll, we'll split the difference. There we go. Uh, so number twelve and a half ranked LSU. Um, LSU is at home in this game, uh, and they are pulling the upset this week. I'm going on record that Bama goes down this week. Uh, I do not. I am not a huge proponent of this Bama team. I think they have been vastly overrated so far. Um, I think that LSU is going to get the job done, and I think this is going to be a heck of an SEC classic football game. Um, you see LSU catching seven and a half, you better grab it because it's a winner. Um, I, I think I think all I have heard this week, and it included during the baseball games and on ESPN, is how Alabama is ready for this game, Alabama this, Alabama that. Um, I was watching something from a Louisiana sports team uh, on, uh, earlier this evening, and they are – and it's sports radio that was, and they're actually saying what they're talking about is how Alabama has shut down Lenny Fournette the past couple of years. So what that tells me is that that is all he has heard, and this is the monkey on his back. Um, not only is Alabama going to lose, but Lenny's going to have a huge game, and he's going to get his name back in the Heisman, the Heisman race this weekend. Oh, if he had, out, Alabama if, goes down. If he'd have a big game in, in, a, in a win, absolutely he'd be right back in it. Uh, because I don't think anybody else has really run away with it. I I I don't. I think this is this is probably one of the the quietest years for the Heisman I've ever seen. Is because it, I feel like nobody's even really talking about who's in Heisman contention because it's it's just it doesn't feel like there's a lot of uh, hype around it. Dave, as much as I want to, as much as I want to pick against you here, I think I and I hate to say this. You know, I hate to say this. I agree with pretty much everything you just said. Um, I think Alabama is overrated. I think that that there's been times they've been exposed, but just because the the opponent they were playing was not good enough to close the deal, they've been able to win. Um, I don't think that's the case this week. I think uh, you know LSU's playing great. the 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 coaching change came at the absolute right right time. Um, I think Ed Orgeron, the 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 interim head coach there. I think he he should have been the head coach at USC. I still say that, um, and and now he has the opportunity to, you know, get get it, you know, be in the pretty much the same situation he was there this time. Keep the job, and I think 
you know, if they can win this week, I, I think they take the interim tag off. I really do. Uh, I, I like this LSU team at home, and that's the key: is at home. If this was at Alabama, I'd, I'd, I'd go with I'd go with Alabama. But I'm I'm, I'm right there with you, man. This week at LSU, that this this has SEC upset written all over it. I love this game, Big Jim. I absolutely love LSU in this situation. I mean, LSU has two losses. Do you remember who they were, too? I have a photographic memory, so I know who they are. See if you get them right without looking. Uh, to, to be honest, I have no idea. Tennessee? Was Tennessee one of them? You're wrong on both. I have no idea. Wisconsin Week Wisconsin week 1, I believe it was 16-14, to two-point loser. Okay. And then your, your bullshit win that you got – when Auburn and LSU played, that LSU actually won the game by completing the Hail Mary in the end zone, but they failed to snap the ball with zero seconds left. So That's uh, right. Again, I think this LSU team is very, very underrated. This is a team that is, I mean, they they had the long, uh, Wisconsin had the long return against, but this is an LSU team that uh, this really could be a one versus three matchup or something along those lines right now. This LSU team is a darn good football team. Do you think that that they are in this spot if they don't fire less miles when they did? I don't know. It's, it's tough to tell. This uh, I, I don't think the firing hurt um, without a doubt, but I, I, I just don't think that this is a – I think this is a good football team. I think I mean, it's I, a good football I, I team too. I just think there was there was weird stuff going on. And and I and I just I think the I think if they don't fire less miles, I, I think the wheels just keep coming off of it. I think that that was enough, to just kind of shake up the environment, shake up the locker room enough to where they said, "Look, we are a good team, but something's not working. Let's get it working." I think everybody at that point kind of just woke up, and and I think that it was it was the perfect thing at the right time. Unfortunately for less miles. Yeah, and I think that's a very, very accurate statement. Uh, this game is going to be amazing. Uh, there, there's very few things in the college football world that uh, I enjoy watching more than a irate Nick Saban on the sideline when they're getting stopped. So this is going to be a fun game for me to watch on Saturday night after the uh, after the hockey game. But this will be a uh, this will be a treat for me to watch Alabama go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah it certainly would be. Uh, last game on the board for us then, sir, and uh, then we'll take our break and uh, kick it over to uh, the NFL uh, when, uh, once we're done here. Um, number five, Washington's at a Cal, uh, assuming we're both on Washington then. Yes. So we only have, just a, just a recap for our uh, avid listeners here, we have three games that are different. Uh, you're on Georgia Tech at UNC. I'm on Virginia Tech. You're at on uh, Duke. And then you're on Iowa to upset Penn State. Uh, but the key with these picks is we're in agreement that LSU is beating Alabama. So uh, when this happens, we better get a whole bunch of extra followers next week because we know our stuff. Freaking right. Just like I knew Navy was going to beat Houston a few weeks ago. So that's the college football pickums. And uh, we are going to take a. Hey, well, if you're going to throw that, if you're going to throw that in there, maybe <laughs> I should remind everyone of the records again. I don't. I think we got to go to break, Dave. I think that's what we need to do. So we are going to go to break. Dave's muted. Uh, we're going to take a brief break 
to uh, to take care of some business here, and we're going to come back with the uh, NFL side here. Huddle Up Podcast live on NGSCSports.com. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Welcome back to Huddle Up Podcast Live here on NGSCSports.com. Friday, November 4th, 2016. Yes, it's Friday, I know. Thank Major League Baseball and Game 7. It was the best Game 7 in the history of Game 7s of Major League Baseball. So deal with that. That's why we're here on a Friday night. Again, uh, great first hour there talking about the World Series and college football. Uh, just a reminder, you can uh, follow our show on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and uh, check out all the shows on NGSC Sports Radio by going to Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app search NGSC uh, over there. So, uh, yes, I cut Dave off because uh, I'm when we don't have the budget for the producer, it pays off for me sometimes because uh, I'm sitting at the controls and I can do that sort of a thing. But uh, I have Dave unmuted so we can, uh, you know, yawn. Uh, we can uh, get angry at him. We can do whatever we want. Uh, but Dave, let's look at uh, a couple of things in, in the NFL before we get to the pickums and, and where we're at with that. Actually, let's get to where we're at with that. Last week, I went eight and five. You went six and seven, and we're basically at the halfway point. And right now, we are both currently sitting at sixty-five and fifty-five on the year. We are at a dead heat at about the halfway point of the NFL season. I think that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty wild. It's definitely uh, definitely something unheard of that we're in the uh, that we're dead tied. Uh, normally, in, in the NFL work pool, which you've had, it's, it's historically been that we're ten to fifteen games apart because we just look at games differently. I mean, it's just the the, the way things work. So uh, it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting, without a doubt, to see how things finish up here. But uh, uh, I'm pretty happy because I generally think that my picks the second half of the year tend to fall into place a little bit better than the first half. So. Uh, I'm confident that I'm getting a sweep on you this year. Oh, we will see. There's uh, there's obviously more fo- uh, NFL left than college football, so uh, we will uh, we'll tackle that each and every week here. Uh, if you want to call into the show, 401-347-0613 is the number. Use pin 29312 to get in on the call again. 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312. Dave, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, ESPN and, and people on Twitter and different, uh, you know, uh, Sports Illustrated, things like that, I know came out with some uh, midseason awards this week. So we're going to do a, just a couple. We're not going to go too crazy with it. Um, I think we uh, I think we talked about doing uh, MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player, and just our just general uh, best and worst moments um, of the year. 
So uh, first, let's let's look at MVP, Dave. And for me, um, even though I I think that the guy I have written in for Rookie of the Year could make a case for MVP, I'm not going to go the repeater here. But uh, I have my MVP at least at the midway point as Derek Carr, quarterback of the Raiders. The Raiders are five and zero on the road for the first time in in what forty almost forty years, something like that. They are six and two overall. They are in first place over the defending Super Bowl champion uh, Denver Broncos uh, in their division. He is uh, 17 touchdowns to just three interceptions on the year, 2,300 yards, a quarterback rating of 100.9. Uh, his completion percentage is almost at 67%. Uh, yards per game, again, he's about 290 per game. The, the guy's playing extremely well. And is I think a, a huge, huge part of of why the, the why the Oakland Raiders are where they are in first place right now, um, and, and I don't really see him slowing down. I mean, obviously, we're going to find out a little bit more uh, when he when he plays the Broncos. But uh, I, I like Derek Carr a lot. Uh, he he really is. He's really coming around and uh, has something special going on there in Oakland. And I mean, when you can when you can take a guy who a couple years ago. Uh, in my opinion, Michael Crabtree was just an afterthought. Uh, tons of talent, but just couldn't get it going. Uh, and he he gets new life out there uh, in, in Oakland. There there's there's plenty of great talent there. Uh, if they can get that defense to to come around to what we used to always think of as the Oakland Raiders defense, this is this is something that could get pretty special um, out in Oakland. So my midseason MVP, Derek Carr. That's a, that's a pretty solid pick. I mean, Carr's had a, an extremely good uh, start to the season. I, I can't argue that with that too much. Um, for, the, for the record, uh, before I make an official MVP of the first half of the, the NFL season, I'm going to make the – I don't even want to call it bold at this point, but playing only 12 games, Tom Brady's going to be your MVP this year. He is on the um, – he is on uh, – Tommy Cheater's on the giant FU to the NFL tour this year. So uh, he's going to be the MVP if the NFL will vote him in as the MVP because his stats are just going to continue to be ridiculous. Um, my MVP for the first eight games um, is Matt Ryan. Uh, okay. Unlike Derek Carr, Matt Ryan's actually played some uh, teams this first half of the year. Uh, I believe he's – I don't have numbers in front of me, but I believe he's leading the uh, NFL in passing. I believe he's a uh, – or passing yards. I believe he's 19-4 to four touchdowns to interceptions. Um, yeah, he's playing against some weaker talent in the, uh, the NFC South, self-admittedly. Um, but he is just putting up some absolutely absurd numbers. Um, they, they were competitive against Seattle. I believe they beat Oakland in Oakland. I might be wrong about that, but uh, a little fuzzy from earlier this year. And I believe they, uh, they took care of Denver as well. Um, I think this is pretty much a toss up. Uh, you, you could argue either way. So he took one, I'm obviously taking the other, but, uh, I'm fully supporting the uh, the Matt Ryan for uh, MVP role at this point, but uh, ultimately, I think Brady's your MVP for the year. Uh, certainly could be, and I know there's people who um, I want to say it was JT the Brick I was listening to earlier this week um, was pretty vocal that he should not be eligible for it. But my theory is like you know it's it's a punishment that was doled out last year. The appeal process carried it into this year. He finally you know quit the appeal. Uh, he's been punished. His punishment was four games. There was nothing in the initial punishment that said uh, he shouldn't be uh, eligible for any uh, any awards. So you can't 
and can't go back and change the rules, um, even though <laughs> Roger Ball has done that plenty of times. Um, rookie of the year, uh, you know, this one, call it a homer pick if you want, but I have a hard time finding anybody else who, who has a better claim to it. Uh, Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, 700 yards leads the NFL, five yards uh, per carry on average. He has five touchdowns. Uh, receiving on the year, he has also has uh, 15 receptions for 150 yards. He doesn't have any receiving touchdowns, um, but halfway through the year, he has only lost one fumble as well. So, um, I mean, the guy's playing absolutely uh, tremendous through the first seven games of his NFL career, uh, and even get, getting off to a slow start, especially in week one. So he's been doing a lot of damage um, in uh, in the work here, and, and I don't I don't see that changing. I really don't. I, I think the the Cowboys are finding a pretty good rhythm, and uh, the you know, I, I hate I hate I'm almost afraid to say this, but I think they're realizing that running the ball um, can equal some success down there. So um, Ezekiel Elliott is my rookie of the year so far. Yeah, I got that. I, I unfortunately have to agree with you here. I mean, the only other guy I think that you can realistically pick is Dak, and uh, uh, Elliott just had the better year at a. Uh, uh, he's leading the league in rushing, I believe. I think he's on pace for over 1,800 yards. I heard today, and yeah, roughly think... 10 touchdowns. So, uh, I mean, he's he's the obvious pick, and uh, we've talked about the Cowboys enough. So uh, we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> that would be comeback player of the year, and my comeback player is a former Cowboy. So uh, suck on that. Uh, I have Demarco Murray, a guy who kind of uh, you know he's battled some injuries. He battled uh, a, a terrible coaching regime. In Philadelphia, when he got traded to Tennessee, I thought, you know, I mean, I've, I don't have any problem with Murray. I, you know, I, I was fine with him making the decision to sign with Philadelphia. The Cowboys weren't going to pay him the money that he wanted. Everything's worked out for for Murray and for the Cowboys. So, you know, all sides should be okay with it. Um, he's carried the ball 756 yards. He's not far behind Ezekiel Elliott. 4.7 yards per carry. Six touchdowns on the year. Um he is uh, he has added uh, 20, 28 receptions for 197 yards, two receiving touchdowns. He has also only lost one fumble. Uh, so, you know, he, he's a guy a year ago, uh, he only started eight games. He has started all eight games for Tennessee this year. He only had 702 yards carry last year. He has already eclipsed that at 756. He, I don't. I don't think he's going to hit the eighteen forty five that he had with the Cowboys in twenty fourteen. But I think he can certainly get up near the uh, eleven hundred, uh, or maybe even more than that that he had uh, back in twenty thirteen for the Dallas Cowboys. So Demarco Murray is my comeback player of the year as it stands right now. And I, I, I think that's a very valid pick. Uh, he was actually on my list. Uh, this was the hardest one for me to pick. In all honesty, um, I, I tried to go with a guy that was injured uh recently last year uh most of them i think were uh that i have on my list i had it narrowed down to jordan nelson um andrew luck who uh, i believe played nine games last year um jordy nelson uh, andrew luck kelvin benjamin a uh, little homer pick there you got him in so i had that it was probably the only spot i could put a panther on right now so um I, I now you could put him on the worst um, moments but that's not true <laughs> um and and the, the, the other guy I had on this list um, was DeMarco Murray. So I had four guys. Um, I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. 
for the sheer fact that uh, he missed nine, I think it was seven games last year, nine games, something along those lines, right about half the games last year. Um, he is the best player on the worst football team. I am absolutely convinced that the Colts are the worst football team, but because they have a quarterback that is probably the smartest quarterback in football, they're relevant. Um, but I think that uh, Andrew Luck looks better than he did, and he is taking an absolute beating this year. Um, but I, I think he's recovered from his injury, and he's having a heck of a year with absolutely no talent around him. Um, I, I, this is one of those I don't know that you really have a front runner this time of the year. Uh, you could actually throw Michael Crabtree's one that I forgot about, but uh, you mentioned him with uh, with Carr. I think you could throw him on this list as well. Um, but uh, I, I think there's a number of uh, redeeming players at this point. So I think it's a uh, definite interesting interesting one to see where this one ends up. Yeah, I mean he's he's uh, I, if not the best, one of the best. I mean the guy. I almost feel really bad for him that he is just riddled uh, with such a bad team out there in uh, in Indianapolis. So uh, yeah, I can't I can't really argue with that one, David. The midway point. Um, we the the only other thing we're going to look at here is best and worst moments. Uh, for me, Jim, my I want to throw one more in. Oh, go ahead. If we can, uh, prior to getting to the best and worst, who do you think is the who do you think has done the the best coaching job so far this year? Oh, I know I'm putting you on the spot, so I'll give you a little bit to think. Um, my my gut pick um, at the beginning, and I I, I I just kind of thought of this and thought it'd be interesting to kind of discuss. But uh, if I had to pick someone right now, I would probably go with Mike Zimmer, or I think it's Mike Zimmer out in uh, Minnesota. But uh, I, I would go with Zimmer out in Minnesota from the sheer fact that they lost their start. I mean, they lost they they picked up Sam Bradford, so you know he had a hand in that. Uh, I'm not a Bradford fan by any means. Um, but they lost AP early in the year, and they have they have uh, they rattled off a whole bunch of victories to start the year. So I think this is uh, this is definitely a good coaching move on his part, and he's been uh, brilliant. But I don't know I don't think he will hold that title at the end of the year. I think the Vikings have uh, have some issues going on, but uh, I, I think he deserves some credit for the way they started, given everything. Um, just, just off the top of my head, I'm kind of down to, 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 between two. Um, one would be a Homer pick. The other one would not. Um, I, I'll go with. Go with the non-Homer pick in the Jacksonville Jags coach, the division champion. Oh my God, future. you are such an asshole. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to go, um, it's, it's Del Rio in, in, uh, in Oakland. I, I think that. Uh, again, without really looking at numbers where they were a year ago, whatever. But but I just think that um, when you can when you can start the year five and zero on the road, and I mean I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge believer in in and I, and I say it more so in sports where there's series involved. If you can't win on the road, uh, you don't you know you probably don't deserve to be there. Uh, but they you know to start the year five and zero on the road, and I know you kind of said they haven't played anybody yet. Uh, I, I off the top of my head don't know their schedule, but um, you know, that, that's, that's good. Any way you look at it. I mean, that's over half of your road games have already been won at the, uh, at the midway point of the season. So that, 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 that I think it could go a long way, um, you know, for them. So I, my coach of the year, uh, at the midway point would be Jack Del Rio with a, uh, Jason Garrett, which if, if you know me, I, I'm not a Jason Garrett fan. 
but uh, I think that that he is doing a, a very good job in Dallas this year. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> uh, best and worst moments. My best moment uh, of the year would be the Cowboys uh, rattling off six wins in a row after a close loss to the Giants in week one um, to, uh, to to be sitting atop the NFC East. Uh, they are two games ahead in the NFC East right now uh, with, you know, with rookies and with a banged up and, you know, suspended defense. I, I think that, um, you know, that, that that's just a pretty, uh, pretty good best uh, moment for me to uh, to start off the year so far. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't argue it too much aside from the fact that I don't want your elbow to hurt from the motion your hands making so much over the Cowboys <laughs> oh right now. Oh, my God. But uh, my, my best moment, uh, it's not really a moment. Um, I, I was kind of going for a theme when I thought about this. Um, but my best theme so far this year, and I think it's something I've touched on on previous shows, is how ready these young guys are to play. Okay. I mean, I think I, I, think I put myself in a hole week one because I think I said I was uh, – going against every first-time quarterback, and I think they went 4-1 and one the first week against me. Um, but, I mean, you, you get all these these young quarterbacks that are performing. Uh, you, you got Zeke that's performing. you got Shepard in uh, New York that's, that's doing some work. Um, you you got a couple other guys that I'm not naming off the top of my head, of course, but uh, these young guys are coming right out of the college ranks, and they're, they're not just on a roster. They're starting and they're contributing. Uh, which I can't remember, and if, if something comes to mind, Jim, jump in, obviously, but uh, I can't remember the last time that these guys are uh, so ready to play ball out of college. I mean, you, you have uh, Simeon that was uh, not really a high draft pick, and uh, he stepped right in in Denver. Granted, he's probably got the best defense in the league along with him here, but you have uh, you have a lot of guys that stepped in, and they are uh, ready to lace up the cleats and go at them. Yeah, no, I, it's, in general. Rookies are playing great, but but quarterbacks, it's such a it's such a, a difficult position to play. And so many times you see guys have um you know a a, a big learning curve to come in. And yeah, Trevor Simeon, I mean, he he was you know, he's a rookie and he you know, Paxton Lynch was drafted much higher. And you have a guy who is who is out in front there. I mean, obviously, you know, Prescott a fourth round pick, Carson Wentz. Uh, a high pick, you know, he's, he's doing a lot of, you know, great stuff in Philly. Um, you know, getting, getting lost in all of this was the number one overall pick who is still, uh, you know, still, still holding clipboards and water bottles, but overall, yeah, the play of this rookie class has absolutely been phenomenal. So, um, kind of, kind of my worst is just in general, the quality of the, of the NFL product. This year, um, you, you know, you've you've had some exciting games, some fun games here and there, um, but overall, and and especially, especially your your primetime games, your Thursday nights, which pretty much always suck, but your Sunday nights and Monday night games have been, for the most part, borderline unwatchable. Like there, there's just, there's just been a lot of bad games, and I mean, I cite the six six. Cardinals Seahawks tie as just the absolute uh you know kingpin to this bad NFL product especially when it's you know because I think a lot of people in in the one o'clock four o'clock time they're they're out at 
bars like you know like we have the arugas around here buffalo wild wings you're going to places where there's a lot of games on a lot of screens a lot of you know there's a good number of people like like me that have sunday ticket or you have uh you have the red zone so you can flip around or you're just watching the red zone channel so it's, it's a highlight reel basically but when you're watching when you're forced to watch one matchup uh it's borderline unwatchable many weeks. So uh, my worst is just the NFL product in general. Yeah, Big Jim, I'm uh, I- I'm on board with that. Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, it's definitely a. Uh, a I-, I was going to actually say the six six pie in Seattle, Arizona. So I'm kind of scrambling to think of something else because I got to come up with something. Um, but the 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 only other thing that really uh, stuck in my mind as far as. Um, the bad so far this year, and I hate to keep bringing them up, but I'm I'm kind of smiling a little while saying this because I just want to say I told you so. But how bad Blake Bortles is as a quarterback? <laughs> he is awful. Yeah, he sucks out loud. I'm it it it's horrible because I'm sitting here because I have I have the prediction sheet that I add our our totals to each and every week, and that Jaguars just beaming from my. Uh, my AFC South prediction is just, ooh, not good. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing, uh, the other thing I think too that's, uh, I mean, aside from the, the, the just play that I don't want to call it lackluster, I, I, and I don't know that it's a bad thing, but I think it's worth mentioning is just how the, the game is almost transitioning. Um, we're, we're going through a transition where the last couple of years, probably last five to ten seasons, we've seen a real offensive game where I feel like with all these rules that are in place we're not going to a a off we're not going away from the offensive game it's changing the type of offensive game that we're going to so i think it's worth noting um the 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 other question and again i'm full of random questions tonight jim so you're in trouble um but looking at the nfl standings who are a couple teams that aren't leading their division and that would be leading or tied for their division but uh teams that give me one or two teams that you think are going to come back for me um, the, the one team I have, well, I have two teams I really have my eye on. Um, I like this Baltimore Ravens team. I don't know why, but I am strangely attracted to them. Um, I think their defense is extremely good. I think they get uh, Jimmy Smith back this weekend, but I think that's going to help with their defense and help with their uh, cornerbacks uh, that, that have gotten beaten up a little bit. But I think this defense is one of the best in the leagues when healthy. They were pretty banged up. Um, but the other team that I really like, um, I like this Lions team that's starting to progress. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked given how the, the Vikings are, are spinning a little bit and how the uh, the Packers have had their obvious troubles this year. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see this Lions team rally either. So uh, obviously I like my two and five Panthers to come the whole way back too, but uh, I don't want a similar elbow brace that you're going to have. So I won't comment on that further. <laughs> um uh, a team in the AFC that is not currently winning their division that I think could would be the Tennessee Titans. They benefit from the fact that that is a terrible division. Where the Titans are only one game out, you know, Houston they they they've lost JJ Watt for the year. Uh Brock Osweiler looks worse than any rookie. I mean, this is a guy that was people were arguing when he was benched in the in the playoffs because of how how good he was playing at the time. Um, in uh, in Denver last year, and he just looks awful. Uh, but but Tennessee, uh, you know, is it is, is a young team. They're a hungry team. If they can get out of their own way at times, I think that they have a, a big opportunity to win that division. And um, 
For, for Wait, the, did I? Uh, did did someone? Uh, it might have been a co-host of yours on this show. Did they predict them going to the playoffs? Can you look at your sheet there? I don't quite remember. Uh, my, it's getting a little late. It's Friday. My eyes, they're starting to get blurry. Uh, so it's hard for me to it's hard for me to make it out because it's my 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 chicken scratch. So we'll have to we'll have to confirm that one and and maybe we'll get it out there on uh, on, on the Facebook page. So uh, make sure you're going to facebook.com slash huddle up podcast uh, to to see if uh, if we can confirm that or not. Um, for those for those of my friends that are listening that know me uh, know my hatred for a certain um, city of brotherly love. I want you to just kind of grab hold of something sturdy here because if I have a if I have a team that that I see in the NFC that I think could could make a run and then potentially uh, knock off a division leading team, uh, and I don't like to say this, I'm going to preface this. But I think it could be the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, that that defense is very good. I think uh, it's it's almost kind of flying under the radar a little bit because, like when they when they especially when they played Minnesota, nobody was talking about the Eagles' defense at all. Um, you know they 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 did a lot to disrupt the the Cowboys early this week. The Cowboys were able to survive. Uh, the Eagles' biggest problem, and it's not a surprise to anyone. Uh, is their receivers can't hold on to a football or can't catch a football, and their running backs can't hold on to a football. Um, I, my my concern with them, if I'm an Eagles fan, is I don't know if Carson Wentz can spread the field enough. Uh, I think if I if I'm correct, and somebody can tweet me at Big Jim Sports if I'm incorrect here, um, but I think he only threw one ball past 20 yards in that entire Cowboys game. It was all. Jim, I think that's correct. Uh, hopping in real quick on you, but uh, I, I can't remember his name. But they lost their uh, their lineman uh, to suspension. I think that really altered what the offense can do. I'm, I, I think he was suspended. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, no, he Wayne was. Johnson by yes. chance. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was a lot of slants. It was a lot of checkdowns. I mean, the Cowboys. To to I mean, the Eagles were were capitalizing on it because the Cowboys were giving them a lot of cushion because I think they. The theory was I can tackle what's in front of me instead of what's behind me. So I think the, the Cowboys were, were trying to not give up the big play for a lot of the game. Um, but that would be my concern if I'm Philadelphia, but that defense is going to carry you um, you know, most of the way. Can your offense do enough to win you games? That's going to be the big question. Um, you know, you're, you're two games out. You and the Giants are both two games out with uh, – you know, with, with, with half of the season left. So, uh, obviously plenty to, uh, to be determined yet, but th- those would be my teams, one AFC, one NFC to, um, to that, that could knock off a, a d- division leader right now. And Dave, the other thing I, uh, that's gotten a lot of press and play is the number of penalties, obviously with the Raiders setting a, a league record with 23 accepted penalties this past week. But I did the math this week. You'll be surprised. I did the math this week, and I looked back uh, as far back to 2012. This season, now I, uh, I I did the math, but what won't surprise you is I left the sheet at, on my desk at work. Um, but uh, this season, it is a, it is about uh, .77 um, or .077 flags per play uh, currently. That is pretty much uh, about the same number of flags per play as there was uh, last year and the year before. 
So 2015, 2014, you'd have to go back to 2013 when that number falls to about 0.071. And then even the year before that, it falls to about 0.0667, something along those lines. So in, in terms of is there more penalties being called this year than last year, the answer currently, no. Uh, obviously, with with a much larger sample sample size, twice as many games compared to what's played this year, um, that could certainly change. But right now, it's, it's about the same. Do I think there's being too many called? Absolutely. Um, I, I think at times it seems the officials want to make the game about themselves, uh, and I think that's a, that's that's wrong. I think that's affecting the product. But in terms of number of penalties called, it is not any worse uh, than it was uh, a year ago. Yeah, Jim, I uh, just want to comment on that real quick. Um, I, I, I think one of the interesting things to me with penalties this year, and I have absolutely no stats to back this up, uh, but I think watching the game, I have I don't know that I remember more games that have been lopsided more lopsided in penalties that it almost um, it almost seems like they they have a pregame meeting and the refs are like oh we're going to target Oakland last week and anything that we see we're going to call um, I have a belief that you could call offensive holding on every single play if you wanted to um, my my theory with penalties is you need to call the ones that you, that are obvious and change the play if not. Let them go. As long as no one's getting hurt, let them play. Um, I, I hate some of these little tic-tac calls that you're calling on the other side of the field. Um, the quarterback's clearly going to the other side, and the ball was at, you know, wide receiver screen, and you're calling holding on the other side of the field. Who cares? Right. Like, by rule, is it is it is that defensive holding? Yes. But, right, if it doesn't affect the play, why is it being called? Um. I, I'm I'm on board there with that. I, I just it's it's just become you know it's getting to the point where if there's a play and you don't see the little you know the 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 graphic for the flag come up like I think that I'm like is my TV broken? Is there something wrong with the broadcast? Like it's it's gotten to that point. At, at, you know it, I think there were seven seven or eight straight plays at the end of that Raiders game where there was a penalty. It's like. Man, and that adds time too, because it, you know it's you know you get points where the referees are are discussing. So it, it it there's already time between each play, and it just adds more. It's it's making the, making the product harder to watch. I'm fortunate to have the Red Zone channel uh, because that's what we watch from from one till seven. Because you know then at least you're you know you're not seeing all of that little discussion and all that stuff in between. So you know it's it's. It is what it is, you know, just just get it under control. Call a little bit less. If it doesn't affect the game, just let it go. Just let it go. You're not the star here. Um, but I, I am on board with what Sean Payton said, that I think the NFL needs to make their officials full-time NFL employees. The league has the money. Um, you know, do that, and, and I think that could help as well. I think that might be part of the problem. It's a it's a valid point. I, I really can't argue with it one way or the other. But uh, that's about all I have on football at this point. So uh, if you want to spiral into the picks, or do you have anything else you want to? Uh, no, we can. Uh, on about, we can. Always, we can. Uh, well. We can get into the picks. Um, last night we had both picked Atlanta, so we uh, we both have one win to start off the week. Let's go right away to the Dallas Cowboys at the Cleveland Browns. 
Sunday, 1 p.m. This is this game is on Fox. The Cowboys are a seven-point road favorite. The they won six in a row. Let's make it seven. Not much to talk about there. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Jim. This is a uh, this is an interesting potential letdown spot for the Cowboys after winning a huge divisional game with the Eagles. Um, I strangely like this Browns team. Uh, I, I, I again, I don't, I don't know that they get it done straight up, but uh, I think they're a pretty strong play getting the points this week. Um, just given that Dallas is coming off a late game with the Eagles on Sunday, um, I, I think this Browns team has life. Um, I think the, I don't want to say the Cowboys are going to overlook them, but uh, this Browns team is better than a lot of people give them credit for. Um, they're not very good on paper, but they have that intangible thing called a heart and uh, the will and the determination that a lot of, uh, a lot of teams don't have. Um, you give the Browns the talent that the Jaguars have, and this Browns team probably is close to 500, if not over 500, just the way that they keep uh, fighting. Um, with that being said, I'm going to pick the Cowboys, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they go down this week. No, I think there is potential uh, for letdown. I, I do. I, I'm not going to uh, not going to deny that one. I think that the opportunity is out there, but um, – I, I think it might be more of a you know first half struggle, and then uh, the Cowboys pulled together uh, in the second half. Uh, then we have Pittsburgh at Baltimore. This one one o'clock CBS. Pittsburgh a two point road favorite. I, I think that number is way too close. I know that Big Ben's not playing. I just don't. I, the the Ravens. I know you said that that they're a team that you like. I don't like them. I think that they are. I think they are pretty bad this year. Uh, yes, they're they're banged up with injuries. There's a lot of guys um, who are out for them, but uh, I like Pittsburgh. It's going to be close, but uh, I do like the Steelers to win. Ravens win this game, Big Jim. Uh, I don't really have much to say other than that they win. I believe they're coming off of a uh, bye last week. I'm not 100 percent sure. On I that. believe uh, the iPad's acting up, so I can't. Uh, I don't have my normal oddities in football, but. Uh, I think I saw on Twitter sometime this week that they're getting like four or five starters back this week. So a uh, huge bye week for them. Uh, and the, the thing that's interesting about this game, and don't fall off your chair at this one, but if the Ravens win, they're your leaders in the, in the AFC North. This is a huge game at home that they need. Uh, so I think they're coming out. Uh, they've had two weeks to focus on, uh, on Pittsburgh. I think they're coming out and getting the win here. All righty, let's go to MetLife Stadium, Philadelphia at the New York Giants. New York, a two-and-a-half-point favorite coming off of the bye at home. Uh, because they're coming off of the bye, I think that they're going to be focused two weeks to prepare. I think this is one. This is week two or three. The Eagles have like f six out of seven weeks or, or something stupid like that that they are playing a team coming off of a bye. Um you know they they lost a close one overtime last week. It was a late game. Uh, now you go, you know, now you go on the road to a to a division rival. But I just I give the Giants the edge here uh, for for coming off the bye. So I have the New York Giants winning. I just hear compassion and sympathy towards the Eagles for you, and that's probably the second time in this show I've heard it. What's that? I heard I heard pa compassion and sympathy towards the Eagles. From you and the show. No, 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 no. This was merely just fact. This one was fact. This was. No, hell no, hell no. I mean, I, I hope that they lose all of the games uh, from from here on out as ones coming off of a bye. I don't feel bad for them. 
I think it's great. I, I, I actually applaud the I applaud the NFL for their for their brilliance in, in schedule making. There you go, Big Jim. That's the Big Jim I know. So <laughs> I'm on board with you. Uh, OBJ and uh, company is too much for the Eagles to handle on their shortened week versus a uh, long week for the Giants. Uh, the Giants win at home here. All right, then we have Detroit traveling to Minnesota, 1 o'clock on Fox. Minnesota a six-point favorite at home. Uh, I like Detroit here. Um, I think they're playing better football right now. Uh, I think the Vikings are in a little bit of a um, little bit of a tailspin. Uh, I think coming home, it may be, uh, you know, it, it may it may be a chance for them to get start to right the right the the ship a little bit. But I, I don't think it is. I think Detroit's playing well. They're getting they're getting things. Uh, organized and and i think they're 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 they have a chance to go on a run here and uh and i like the lions man jim you are absolutely killing me my two big upset picks and you're taking both of them um <laughs> i am on the lions as well i definitely uh like this this lions team i think i covered that a couple minutes ago but uh maddie stafford uh has been absolutely flying under the radar this year he's been very solid at quarterback um, I, I think this, this Lions team is uh, underachieving theoretic and uh, crew uh, definitely has a chance to put a marquee win on their, uh, on their, their resumes this year and get right back into uh, the, the NFC North. Um, I, I think they come out in this game and I think this game isn't close. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go on record and say that I think, uh, I think Lions win this by more than a touchdown. Uh, I think that's hard to believe against this Minnesota Vikings defense. But I think it goes to show uh, a lot of the, the struggles that is going on inside that Minnesota locker room. Um, I've seen a couple different reports on Twitter this week. Again, tr- Twitter is always a reliable source, so make sure we use that into consideration. Always. But, unless it comes from Big Jim Sports, then, then you consider <laughs> you, uh, you question the source just because of the, the author himself. Of course. Um, but the, the, the one thing, too, the one thing that uh, it's never good when you hear on social media – that they're having some uh, issues inside the locker room. So I think that's something that you have to take into account when looking at this game. And then you have uh, North Turner that abruptly quit this week. Um, it, it's very unusual to see a coach just resign. Uh, normally the coach is told to leave. So that's a, that's an interesting wrinkle added into everything. Um, I, I think it's something that uh, will be interesting to see how it plays out and how the Vikings are ready. Um, they got throttled pretty good by the Bears on Monday night. Uh, so I don't like this. I had this spot circled, but the Lions were good. And then the Vikings had to go lay an egg. So that kind of ticked me off a little bit. Um, but I do like this. Uh, I do like this spot for the Lions. I'm kind of rambling on at the moment. But uh, I, I, I do like the Lions this week. And uh, I, I like the, the Lions and Tigers parlay. The, the, the Detroit Lions with the LSU Tigers straight up. It pays about nine and a half to one. So, uh, Something worth looking into if you happen to be out in Vegas this week. Uh, that'd be nice uh, cha-ching to put in your pocket. Fair enough. Then you uh, you have 1 o'clock. The New York Jets travel to the Miami Dolphins. This one is on CBS. Miami coming off the bye, running the ball extremely well, and our three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Uh, the Jets suck. The Miami win. The Dolphins win. I'm on board. I don't need to say anything about this game. Uh, go Dolphins. All right, Jeff. Washington. The uh, the awful, horrible, disgusting Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. 
One o'clock CBS. Alex Smith is out. Nick Foles is your starter for Kansas City. They are still a seven and a half point favorite. Um, that it's regardless of the fact that it's Nick Foles, the Chiefs pick up the win at home over the uh, the, the the floundering Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm in agreement with the Chiefs as well, Jim. Uh, the, the one thing I thought was interesting about this game is when they announced it went from uh, Smith to Foles, there was actually a line movement uh, that the, the line dropped about two and a half points. Uh, that would be towards the the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But uh, that's interesting because I don't think there's much of a drop-off at all from Nick Foles to Alex Smith. Um, but I was a little surprised to see two and a half points of reaction there. I, I would have put it closer to a point personally. Okay. Um, but I think the one thing that, to keep in mind with this game is uh, Foles, got some, Foles has NFL time. Uh, granted, I think he has some with the Eagles, but uh, he, he also played last week with uh, Smith out. So um, I, I'm in agreement that I think the, the Chiefs have a pretty easy time this week. They're just uh, too much to handle for the Jags. All right, let's go to our first of the 405 games. The New Orleans Saints travel to the San Francisco 49ers. This one on Fox. The Saints a four-point favorite on the road. Uh, I like the Saints. The 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 49ers are just a team that, um, you know, it's hard to believe that just a couple of years ago they were playing in a Super Bowl uh, because they look like a team that just has no clue what in the holy hell they're doing. Uh, I like the Saints, even on the road, to pick up the win. Speaking of someone that has no clue in the holy hell what they're doing, San Francisco wins this game, Big Jim. Take Breeze out of the dome, he's clueless. Kaepernick's going to stand up. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's uh, that's only the second game so far that we have uh, picked differently. The only other one, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Uh, we'll uh, I'll recap those before we uh, before we get out of out of out of this here. We have uh, your Carolina Panthers traveling to the Los Angeles Rams. I still I still like saying that the Los Angeles Rams. This one on CB. Uh, no, not CBS on Fox. A two and a uh, three point favorite for Carolina. Um, I, I'm sorry, Dave. No, I'm not sorry. I like the Rams to win here. Um, I, I don't. I don't like the Panthers to come out west and get the win. Rams are coming off the bye. They're going to get the win. I got to go with Cam Cam again. Uh, anytime you spe- you uh, you make such a fashion statement in your press conference, you're going to win the next week. I mean, that hat was just outstanding. Uh, it was. Um, I know you're going on a tear on it. It but, was. Uh, that, that, it was that something. Was I loved it. Oh, so bad, so freaking bad. Uh, then we have the first. I love it though. Whatever, whatever the man does to the press conference, he gets in trouble. He doesn't talk, he's in trouble. He dresses weird, he's in trouble. He smiles, he's going to be in trouble because he has something in his teeth. I mean, whatever <laughs> the man does, he can't win. I, I, I I'm a Panthers. Yeah, fan. he goes to the Super Bowl. He, he goes to the, the Super Bowl. He can't win. You know, it's just, it's just how it is. Low blow, low blow. I know. I got to keep digging that knife in throughout the year. Okay, Tennessee at San Diego. San Diego, a four and a half point favorite. This one, four twenty-five p.m. on CBS. Um, I like the Chargers at home. Even though I, I did talk about the, the Tennessee Titans, I think this one would be close. Um, even at four and a half, I, I think this one comes down to a field goal. I, I think is so. I mean, it could. I'm not super confident in this one. Uh, but when I get to those situations, I generally just pick the home team. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think this is one of our better games this week. Uh, this is a definite under-the-radar game, but uh, 
You picked San Diego. I'm picking Tennessee. Uh, I, I, again, think this goes down to a field goal, and I just like the ability of DeMarco Murray to run the ball in this game. I think he's going to be pretty successful. Um, I think San Diego's a better team than the record indicates, but uh, it, it's not how good of a team you are. It's uh, it's about getting the W. So uh, I, I think Tennessee is going to somehow find a way to come out of this game with the win, but uh, I'm about as confident in my Tennessee pick as you are San Diego. So we'll see. All right, fair enough. 4.25 p.m., Indianapolis travels to Green Bay, this one on CBS. Green Bay, seven-point favorite. We know what Colts team is going to show up. The question is what Green Bay Packers team will show up this week. Um, Because of the fact that they're playing the Indianapolis Colts, I say a team that at least picks up a pretty big win. So I have Green Bay, a fairly easy win at home. Yeah, this is is one that's intriguing to me. Because there's absolutely no reason that the uh, that the Colts should even be in this game if you look at this on paper. But I have this this little gut feeling in me. I had the same thing when Miami was down in Pittsburgh and I couldn't pull the trigger on it. But I have this little gut feeling that somehow Indianapolis is in this game. Um, Green Bay lost to Atlanta last week. Uh, somehow. Uh, Atlanta survived. I had them in one of my survivor leagues, actually. I love that Atlanta Falcons last week, and they got home. Um, Everyone is going to have the Packers this week in Survivor, for those who haven't used them. So, um, Survivor suicide polls, be wary. I think the Colts have a lot of life in this game, so they're probably going to get blown out by 21. But uh, I'm going to take the Packers, even though I really want to pick the Colts on a gut instinct. All right, then we move to the Sunday night game. This one, a big one in the AFC West, of course, on NBC, 8.30 p.m. Uh, you have Denver at Oakland. Uh, I like Oakland at home. Uh, they are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So this one is is a, pretty much as close as they come. I mean, it really is. Uh, home team advantage here. It's going to be close. It really is with, with the uh, – with the um, Denver defense, we're going to find out what Derek Carr is really made of. Um, it's going to be, I think it has the potential to be one of the better games, uh, maybe the best of the primetime uh, games this season in the NFL, but I like Oakland to win here. Yeah, Jim, uh, I agree with you in the fact that I think this is going to be um, an absolutely – uh, it's going to be an old-time football game. I think you're going to have two smash-mouth football teams here trying to um, do, do stuff the old way uh, and just pound and ground the ball. I think that's what Denver has to do. I think they're going to take it out of the quarterback's hands. I don't think uh, Oakland's going to really be able to throw the ball too much on this Denver D. Um, but unlike you, I'm going to call Papa John's and get a Papa John's pizza and support support the Denver Broncos to win the victory in this game on Sunday night. Uh, Peyton's actually going to hand deliver my pizza because he's got nothing better to do because he likes <laughs> playing. <laughs> that is true. Let's move to uh, to Monday night then on ESPN. The Buffalo Bills travel to the Seattle Seahawks. This one, uh, seven-point Seattle favorite at home. Uh, yes, I, I, I think that you know if this were in Buffalo, uh, just based on the way the two teams have been playing, I, I'd have a hard time picking it. But um, I, I will go with Seattle at home on Monday night. This is uh... – this is a game that's going to be ugly. Both teams just um, are very banged up. Uh, Seattle lost one of their offensive linemen, and the 
the New Orleans Saints were getting a ton of pressure on them last week. So that's uh, that's concerning to me. Russell Wilson's not very healthy. Um, it's the only NFL game on on Monday, so strange things just seem to happen on Monday nights when this is the case. Um, I, I don't really have a lot of confidence in this game either way. And uh, it's Monday night, and it's going to be a strange game in Seattle. Uh, Rex Ryan's going to get the worship feet the entire way home because he's coming away with a victory. Wow. Upset alert on Monday night. Wow, I mean, I mean, I, I, it doesn't, you know. Obviously, if I'm saying I would pick Buffalo uh, at home, but man, that that would actually really surprise me if they pick up the uh, if they pick up the win in Seattle. Okay, so the, what we're looking at this week, these are the games that are different. Uh, I have Pittsburgh, you have Baltimore. I have New Orleans, you have San Francisco. You have Carolina. I have the L.A. Rams. You have the Tennessee Titans. I have San Diego. You have Denver, I have Oakland, you have Buffalo in the upset, and I have Seattle winning at home on Monday night. So that is six games we are different on. Uh, what are the chances we go 3-3 three and three and stay locked up next week, Dave, that uh, we will find out? Any more thoughts um, before we uh, before we close up? We, if we go 3-3 three and three this week, but Buffalo wins, I get the asterisk by the week, so... Uh, I'm claiming that tiebreaker if that happens to happen. But, uh, I, I mean, for me, the, the, the key with football this week, um, I, I just want to see this Alabama-LSU game. Um, I, I cannot wait. I know I'm dipping back into college, but I, I, I really think that Nick Saban goes down this week. I think this LSU team is just going to get him somehow. Um, I really hope that they do. So maybe I'm playing a little bit with my uh, heart instead of my head here. But uh, I, I really think this Alabama team goes down. And uh, I think the same is true for this Minnesota Vikings team this week. Um, I really do like the spot for the Lions. Uh, anyone that's in a survivor suicide pool, if you take the Vikings this week, because I, I don't think they get the job done. Um, but I, I think this is a, this is a slate where there's, an NFL, where there's a bunch of NFL games that are okay games. I agree with you that I think the Oakland-Denver game is the best game of the week but I don't think there's a whole lot of great NFL games. I think that we've been spoiled the past couple of weeks that there's been a lot of, um, I don't want to call them marquee, but uh, a lot of really good NFL games uh, to watch where I think here you have a whole bunch of four five and six point games where the previous weeks are a lot of field goal picks, ones, twos, et cetera. So I think it's not going to be a bad week for the NFL, but you also have a lot of teams going buys. So, uh, but and Jim, you'll be just as happy in this as I am. This will be a great Sunday because I won't have to see one highlight of Tommy Cheater throwing the ball down the field. So oh, you're uh, so salt. You are Sunday. so salty about the New England Patriots. I've been I've been it's accused. You just Tom Brady. It's just Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Okay, I've been accused of being a closet uh, Patriots fan because I, I refuse to just get on like the lynch mob about them, but. Uh, that's only from from our from our old buddy Mitch. We haven't heard from Mitch in a couple of weeks. I got to reach out to him, make sure everything's all right, because I always uh, yeah, I do always. And it's uh, it's it's not Brady, or it's it's a hundred percent Brady. I mean, I I would love to love to absolutely see what he would do in another quarterbacking scheme. I mean, yeah, we have I, my talked point about was that. Proven. My point was proven earlier this year. He was out for four games. And the no-name quarterback looked good in Belichick's system. 
Well, I, no, until I, I, I Buffalo in week did four. He, I mean, it's, no, they didn't care about that game. But you, I mean, you can't say that they all look good. I mean, Matt Castle, you know, Matt Castle looked okay a couple of years ago too. I, it's an interesting argument. We'll never see the answer to it. But how many great quarterback? How was John Elway a system quarterback? Was Steve Young a system quarterback? Was Dan Marino a system quarterback? Was Jim Kelly a system quarterback? I mean, I mean, you could you could make you could bring up the question with it with any uh, any quarterback that is that was was good is good for the same franchise for a number. Okay, for, let me ask you a question then. And this is a there is a correct answer. I'll prephrase it with that. There's two choices, but there is a correct answer. Is it Brady or is it Belichick? And the answer is not Brady. It is clearly Belichick. Oh, I the, the I think Brady. Yes, Belichick greater than Brady at what they do. Yes, that 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 I will agree with. I I, I don't know that I'm on board with Brady as a system quarterback, but I will. But I will agree that that I don't know that he's a system quarterback, but I think he, I think him being out and these other quarterbacks stepping in for him. I don't know that it diminishes what he does. Well, it does to an extent, but I I think it shows that if you understand the system and the the guys that have stepped in for him haven't been right off the practice field. They've been in the system for three, four years, so they understand it. Um, But I think this shows that it is a a, um, system that works, and Brady is great, phenomenal at the system, and that hurts me to say. But I think it's something that – I think the system makes him better. I mean, you get him in some of these other the, – the, the schemes and stuff that the other offenses have to run, I would love to see it. And I would love to see – I would love to see Andrew Luck play for the Patriots and see what happens. Because he is a better quarterback than Tom Brady will ever be. I mean, keep in mind those first three games also were against um, Arizona, Miami, and, and Houston, who, you know – Arizona, yeah, Arizona. It was a twenty-three twenty-one win. I, I don't know how how good they are this year. Miami and Houston, especially Miami at that point of the year, was playing awful. So, I, I it's 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 always an intriguing argument. I'll say that it really is. But, um, you know, it uh, we 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 will certainly debate that over time, Dave. Uh, I don't really have anything else. I think the the Saturday slate is going to be much better than the Sunday slate. I don't think that's any surprise. That's no change from the the rest of the year. Uh, Obviously, a short turnaround, shorter turnaround time for us uh, for next week's show. But uh, give everybody your Twitter, and then we're going to close up. Definitely, we're at at D Gerhardt zero two four. Been a great show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the continued support. And uh, Big Jim, I look forward to sharing a beer with you tomorrow. All right, yes, sir. We will. Uh, we'll see you then, and uh, have a good night, buddy. You too, sir. Take care. All right, bye. All right, so that's uh, that's going to do it here for the show this week. Again, thank you to Dave. Thank you for listening in. You can always uh, check out our show, uh, Huddle Up Podcast, each and every Wednesday night. Unless, well, we're not going to get preempted by Major League Baseball anymore, at least for the rest of the football season. So. We'll be each and every Wednesday night live through the end of football season here on NGSCSports.com. So make sure you tune in there. If you can't tune in live, podcast us and all the shows on the NGSC Sports Radio Network by going 
the Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app. Search NGSC or podcast Huddle Up with Jim and Dave on iTunes or Android or go to Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, each and every week, guys. So I appreciate all the support. The numbers have been getting up each and every week. So, I, again, thank you for all of your help and support. And uh, we'll talk to you next Monday. Until then, go for the win. Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you.